0: And we are back, everybody. Episode 14 of the Jader and Kyle show is here. Jader, we're back, man. We're doing it. I could never get this right. I could never get this right. No, you just do weird things with your fingers every week. Um, <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, this week, we decided to change it up a little bit. We're still going to review a movie, but it's Jader's birthday coming up on Monday. So we decided that this is going to be his big birthday episode. He's going to get to uh, pick his favorite movie or his favorite comedy, and
1: we're going to talk about it. Jader, are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to go. Thank you so much for giving me a birthday episode. Feel they got to get
0: you something, right?
1: Yeah, I know. I know with this quarantine, it's, it's, it's going to be the best day ever. So, <laughs> Well, so, we're all psyched
0: we're for it, but we couldn't do this alone. You wanted to bring on a special guest, and yeah. it all just kind of worked out special that we got him. And here he is. It's Mr. Mark Ellis. Mark, what's going on? Yo, yo.
2: Hello, kids. Good to be with you all. It is so exciting to be celebrating the day of Jader's birth because he texted me, and he opened with, hey, it's my birthday. And so then he went kind of the guilt trip route of, Mark, you have to be in the show because it's my birthday. And I know you love Dumb and Dumber. And I was like, OK, that's fine. And then the fact that I also get to be joined by one of the executive producers of my comedy special, Dog Stepfather, uh, Bill Burr. I, I know we're buddies and I'm such a big fan, but thank you again for what you've done for my career.
0: You know it's really crazy because until I started doing this show, I never got that comparison. And then Kaiser came on here, and he's like, "Hey, look, it's young Bill Burr, and now you." Uh, so I guess it's a California thing. If I walked into California, I might be mistaken for Bill Burr, which is actually good. I like that. It's not a bad thing. LA.
2: <laughs> I could do like a like you maybe like Michael Bean's son. So that's that's good. So you got kind of like a, a Kyle Reese vibe about you, and, and it's all good. It's all compliments.
0: I mean, it's it, no I'm toe for grace, but I'll take it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I got that market
0: corner. <laughs> uh, Mark, I want to just have a discussion with you first before we jump into this. I see you're wearing that basketball shirt. I'm a huge sports fan, too. I'm so excited for them to come back. A big basketball guy, big golf guy. Um, are you
2: psyched for sports to be coming back? I am man. I'm. I'm not trying to get too excited yet because I'm not sure it's going to happen. I think baseball is still like a fifty-fifty shot. I think basketball is going to happen, and this tournament I'm really excited about the way that they're doing it. There's still a lot of question marks and. Somebody at some point is going to get knocked out by COVID, and it's going to be this crucial moment. And unfortunately, there's going to be no like Michael Jordan sick games where it's like, oh, he played through COVID nineteen to win the championship. It's like, nope, you're not allowed to have a flu game. But I'm a little more pessimistic on uh, NCAA football and even the NFL yeah. coming back anywhere near on time, if at all, this year. I'm just I'm not there yet. So what I'm focusing on, fellas, is just getting. The goddamn name of my favorite team changed from Redskins <laughs> to anything else. That's where my oh, man,
1: this, yeah, this is fun. This is, uh, again, uh, we have a Skins fan over here, we have a Cowboys f- fan over here.
0: That's uh, right,
1: yeah, and,
2: uh, and, and your
1: Giants fan right down the middle. <laughs> well, here,
2: I mean, I'm not sure you can ask Molly what team she roots for, but uh, she's currently preoccupied. <laughs> There she is.
0: I don't think we need to bring on an Eagles fan. I think we're good there. Um, But, yeah, Mark, Mark, do you listen to any sports radio? Like, what's your favorite show? Because I'm a big Lebittard guy. I love listening to their show every week because it's uh, like a comedy show almost
2: in a way. And they – go ahead. His bit about uh, just like the you look like this, um, like the uh, (laughs) – The Tim uh,
0: Kirkson thing?
2: Sports figures. The, the two, my two favorite ones, are Larry Bird looks like an old Ukrainian woman just took off her shawl. That's a great one. And um, my favorite one of all time that I have a running joke with a number of my friends about is Andy Reid looks like the guy at the office who walks by the kitchen, sees a box of donuts, wiggles his fingers, and says, "Don't mind if I do." <laughs>
0: There's two of them that I remember vividly. One of them was Adam Silver looks like the Oscar statue before bronzing, which I think that one's pretty great. And then another Andy Reid one was Andy Reid looks like the old time sheriff who who falls asleep while on cell duty. And then the the prisoners reach to try to grab the keys and he wakes up the last moment and says, who goes there? And it falls right back asleep.
2: It's pretty, it's pretty epic, man. I'm a, I'm a fan of Levitard. I, my favorite uh, is the Dan Patrick show. Um, that's just, that's kind of the one that I gravitate towards the most. I like the, the casual vibe of of the show. Uh, Colin Cowherd, I, I can do, and so I'm really anybody talking sports, you're, you're gonna bend my ear.
0: Does Cowherd look like the dad in a Cialis commercial? <laughs>
2: Yeah, going to some <laughs> random cover band concert and then sitting in a bathtub. I could, I could totally see that. Yeah,
0: uh, Jader, man, um, it's your birthday. You excited? What do you got? You got any plans this
1: week? I can't do anything. <laughs> There's nothing we can do. Um, down the vibe so quick. It's it's soup. No, it, it, I mean being realist, it's crazy because I was just at a barbershop. shop. My barber is um, my. It, I mean, I, I guess I'm gonna break that rumor for a long time. Everyone thinks he's my brother. Um, it's just this rumor we spread since we were in the fourth grade together and everybody thought that we grew up and and we have literally grown up since we were eight years old and we've been the best of friends, but people think that he's my brother, whoever's watching the show. He's not, um, but he, uh, uh, so we were, he was, uh, um, he cuts everyone's hair, my, my, he cut my brother's hair, my actual brother. Um, he cut my son's hair and he cut mine, the little bit I have left. Um, and he was telling me, he's like, dude, it's your birthday. Um, what are we going to do? And I was like nothing. (laughs) There's not much. I'm like, I have to be crazy selective if I want to even invite anybody to cut a cake or something, you know, I and you and he tells you and it's not even an exaggeration, where my birthdays are the one time a year that people decide to go out. Um, I'm lucky enough to have people that show that love for me. Um, Last year, we had uh, it was supposed to be a small little get together Uh, over 60 people showed up. Um, We went Yeah, um, and then we ended up going to the year before that, my uh, uh, Steph threw a surprise birthday party for me um, at a bar. And we ended up like they were at capacity where they weren't letting anybody else in because we were obviously, you know, we were such a big group that there were like no one. else. We were at capacity. So it's always been crazy eventful where everybody's been texting me like, hey, are we going to have anything going on this weekend? And I'm like, I, I can't do anything. It sucks, um, especially now that in Dade, where we live in Miami, Dade, where I live um, they shut down all the restaurants again, like no, yeah. nothing's open again. Everything's completely shut down. I'm surprised the barbershop was, uh, was open to be completely honest with you. Um, but it, it's been, it's been crazy. And I feel like this is the, I don't want to sound spoiled, but I'm like, this is the first time that I'm really not going to do anything, but I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with not doing anything for my birthday this year, I'm turning 34. I feel like a milestone is 35. So next year we'll just, you know uh celebrate this year's and next year's together and there you, go. you know I'll probably I'll probably do it out in LA with you guys man hey <laughs> you
2: yeah. know come on out man love to have oh, you and uh once you get to be my age you tend to avoid people who want to have anything on your birthday so I didn't have any cake I just went to the beach with uh with this little one and we hung out had a good time a couple of beers and That was it, but if anybody who is watching, I'm sure some of y'all wish me a happy birthday and I really appreciate it. So thank you for all the love Uh, from afar. I much prefer that to some sort of surprise party disaster that then I have to stay awake for. So thank y'all for celebrating my birthday the right way. You actually got
1: some shout outs in the chat right now. We got uh, Tim, uh, Timmy that he actually writes and he has a a channel with us. He's a big sports guy. He does the sports stuff. Uh, He wrote, woohoo, Mark Ellis, what's up, man? Big Giants fan here. Uh, and then I have another guy saying Yankee and Giants fan here. Uh, Mark loves the O's. Yep. And then we have uh, ZZN so Zombie. Yeah, <laughs> Zombie saying Mark. So got some people on the chat now saying what's up, man.
2: It's fun, man. I uh, yeah, I was a little casual about this. Did y'all uh, let me get over here and let's uh, yeah make sure that I got the chat up too. I can see everybody talking trash about me. Hi, everybody. Ed, Tim, Steve, <laughs> Steve Zombie, <laughs> Custom Maps. Where you been all my life? <laughs> so, yeah,
0: dude. Uh, for those of you who don't know mark ellis at this point which i mean who doesn't uh Thank this you. guy he's a famous stand-up comic <laughs> i've seen your special man uh dog stepfather on youtube very funny man i really Amazing. enjoy your comedy so i appreciate that and then you're also um the co-founder of the movie tribute Shmodown, along with christian harloff i'm a fan of it i got a question for you though I've watched that since this digital space started, since you guys started doing it during the COVID, so many times I see you setting up a joke and setting up a bit, and then Harloff just shoots it down or it's like a brick wall. It's like you throw something, and he just puts up the umbrella and blocks it. How does that make you feel when that happens?
2: Oh, I'm used to it by now. I think, I think that's that's more or less our relationship, is that he lets me go off and have my ridiculous flights of fancy during round one questioning and then he's always there to reel me back with the five four three oh, zero
1: I actually gave you I shot you a text about the uh, what was it your your uh, you drop little music you know, trivia within there, or, you know, you do a setup and no one's catching it. And I'm like, it's a fucking shame, dude. <laughs> so I,
2: I drop a lot of uh, music, like yeah. like contemporary music references that Christian never picks up on. And I'm sure that right now he's doing a podcast where they're asking him, Hey, you reference all these scores and soundtracks during the matches and Mark never picks up on it. It's like, yeah, it's not my world. So yeah. Christian is totally the scores guy. And then I'm going to be your more, Contemporary music reference, guys. So when we combine, it's like peanut butter and jelly. Doesn't look like it go together, but we make it work.
0: That's right. That's right. And Jader, um, so you want to talk about Jader? What movie you chose to talk about this week on
1: the show for your big birthday episode? Well, I'm just gonna get to it. We're talking Dumb and Dumber. All right. Um, When Kyle brought up the conversation, there you go. I love it. When uh, when when Kyle brought up the uh, he's like, hey, your birthday's coming up. Let's do let's do an episode. Um, what do you want to talk about? Uh, Dumb and Dumber is not my favorite movie of all time, but it is hands down my favorite comedy, and it's been my favorite comedy since the first time I saw it. Uh, crazy enough, while I was watching it, I could my show my show my son um, he's turning uh, he's turning um, nine next Saturday. He's July eighteenth. Wow. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, back, back to back. Say, okay. Gambit wants to say what's up guys. Say hi Gambit
0: <laughs> Now <laughs> I gotta go get my dog. I mean, what are we doing? All right.
1: Here? <laughs> All right. So, um, I was watching the movie and I don't feel like it's appropriate for him. Funny enough. I did see it at his age. Cause that, uh, that movie came out in 94 and I was eight years old when it came out and I saw it in the theater. Um, so anyways, I, um, I went ahead. I saw the movie, and I was watching it last night. I, there's some scenes where I was like, "Fast." forward I've seen it enough to, you know, review this movie with my eyes closed. Uh, but this kid was cracking up watching this movie, and I love that it had the same impact on him as it had on me. Especially, you know, the the uh, the infamous toilet scene, which we'll get to um but again there's a bunch of movies that I, I i wanted i could have reviewed you know and um dumb and dumber it, it's something we haven't we haven't really done comedies we've done one comedy so far um and i i need to talk about this film i feel like this movie is like a forgotten gem like when people mention their favorite comedies it's barely mentioned believe it or not um a lot of people mention newer comedies for some reason and i i feel like newer generations feel like jim Carrey's overrated. And that's who I grew up with, you know? So for me, he's like a comedic God. Um, so I just wanted to shine a little bit of light on this movie and who better than you two find gents to uh, do this, go on this venture with, you know? Well, I think
0: that's an interesting discussion that you're touching on there. Jader is the forgotten gem. I don't think it's forgotten. I think a lot of people do bring it up uh, for me. I think I can see it as one of the, like the, the gems of that old generation of comedy in a way, because, it was Will Ferrell and Jim Carrey and Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers were all part of that generation. And then I feel like Judd Apatow kind of came in and turned comedy on his head and made it this everyday uh, thing where you make comedy out of, normal living circumstances you know like knocked up hey let's just see what happens when a pregnancy happens and a four-year-old virgin this guy's just a video store clerk who's a virgin and i think he's kind of taken over and now made comedy into where we are today at this point mark i don't know you have got to see this whole jim carrey era and now you've gone through this jet era. do you see like that shift in comedy and films lately
2: Oh, 94 was a great year for one young chubby Mark Ellis because when I was 14, <laughs> when this movie came out, Jim Carrey had Ace Ventura in the beginning of 1994. Then he had The Mask in the summer of 94. And then Dumb and Dumber came out Christmas in 94. And so it might still be the best year anyone has ever had in the history of cinema. And it's interesting, y'all bring up the different styles of comedy that we've seen just before Jim Carrey hit and since then because Jim Carrey hit like a comet. Nobody had seen anything like Jim Carrey hitting since Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live. And when Eddie Murphy went to movies, Eddie's movies like the Beverly Hills Cop and Trading Places Coming to America, they were procedural and they weren't, the, it, the comedy didn't really come from being a spoof movie necessarily, but spoof movies were the other huge comedic genre of the yeah. 1980s because you had Airplane in 80, you had the Naked Gun series, you would have Top Secret. And then in the 90s, the spoof genre started to play itself out a little bit. You still had some gems in the early part of the decade, like Hot Shots. Yeah, hot Shots
1: and your Naked Gun, the third, third yeah. Naked Gun, which yeah, I still gun. enjoy. I, I thought the Naked Gun 3 was fine. I like I like it yeah. a lot.
2: And, so. and you can still get a lot of laughs out of those spoof movies, but Jim Carrey's films, especially Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber, were kind of a marriage of the Eddie Murphy style and the spoof style kind of all coalescing together. And then eventually Will Ferrell came in and you had Vince Vaughn and you had uh, Judd Apatow kind of take the reins from that in the 2000s. But Jim Carrey dominated this decade that we're talking about in the 1990s.
1: I feel, yeah, if you think right. about it, you said you even said 94 was those three films, which, you know, he's notoriously known for, which, are, in my opinion, whatever, like his better films. Right. But just a year later, you already had the sequel to Ace Ventura. You had One Nature Calls and Batman Forever at the end of 95. So you had five monster hits in a, in a two year span. That's insane of the just how colossal he was in the 90s, you know. For an actor,
0: you don't really see that too much. Um, Like For a director, you could say Spielberg's 93 is up there with Schindler's List and Jurassic Jurassic Park. Park. But that's the only thing that comes to my mind that I really think is comparable to Jim Carrey's 94. Um, Because it's tough to get hit after hit after hit, especially someone at his level who's getting offers right and left. And comedy is so difficult to be able to interpret from a script. It's mostly improv at this point you read a script and then you just throw in lines and i did some research here jim carrey threw in a lot of lines just as you guys would expect um so for him to hit on those three films it's a lot of it rides on his personality without him does it work as well probably not you know that whole talking butt thing in ace ventura that probably doesn't work with too many different actors but jim carrey does it the thing that makes me laugh the most about dumb and dumber i don't know what it is it's that stupid look on jim carrey's face the entire time when he's got that smile and the chip tooth, he just looks like a, like a, a, a child that's stuck in a adult's body. I don't know how to describe it, but that's exactly what it
1: was. I feel yeah. like that's the character of Lloyd Christmas, in my opinion, it's, he's so, he was such a great character, but, um, what uh, what was it going with that? The, it, it's just Jim Carrey himself, man. Uh, another movie I know we're coming off the rails here, but I actually saw liar, liar this week as well. I was just you know, I saw Dumb and I'm like, I'm going to watch Liar Liar. And it's just, you can tell that that movie was improvised. That was all him just going at a thousand cause he was on another level. And there's a, the scene where, you know, he's telling his son to make the unwish and all that. And when his son tells him, oh, that's, that's my, uh, if I make a face like this, will it get stuck that way? He's like, no, in fact, people, uh, some people make a good living that way. And that's obviously all talking about himself. And then uh, when he's like, oh, my teacher told me true beauty is on the inside. He's like, that's just something ugly people say. Just how quick that was. I don't know if that was scripted or not, but he's just that he's a freaking genius. You know, yeah,
2: Liar Liar was was one of those ones that hit at the exact right time for me. because I was a little bit older. It came out in 97, I think. And it yeah. was like that movie it, it completely shifted my paradigm and really the, the course of my life to some degree. Dumb and Dumber. Because I loved Ace Ventura saw it opening weekend and The Mask saw it opening weekend. I didn't actually see Dumb and Dumber opening weekend for whatever reason. And I remember that because the following Monday that it had come out, my buddy in a gym class, Craig, he, he had seen it. And he told me about the scene at the end with the Hawaiian Tropic bus. And I just remember hearing it being like, oh, yeah, Dumb and Dumber's out. I got to go run and see that. So I saw it that week. And, and it's yeah. just it, it ranks up there. Now, looking back, I think it's probably if it's 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 borderline top five for me, but it's definitely yeah. going to be in the top 10 comedies of all time for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Same thing. Um, we, we usually on the show talk about we were, we've we been talking about Tenet and, you know, the pushbacks and the pushbacks and all that. And we say that if you're going to open the movie theater again, you know, Christopher Nolan is the way to go because his films are, are events. You know, they're completely they're epic um that was jim carrey for at least for my family in the 90s so whenever um I, ace ventura is the only one i didn't see opening weekend because i had no idea who the hell he was yeah. it wasn't until ace ventura you know caught what whatever that you know the ball that it was on that my uncle went to go see it and then he mentioned it to my mom my mom's like all right let's go so, let's go watch it she had no idea that it was going to be as crude as it was again we're talking 94 I'm uh, I'm like eight, nine years old, eight or eight years old actually. Uh, so my mom had no idea that you know how for a PG-13 movie it pushed its limits, you know. Um, so again, an eight-year-old watching these movies. So she's you know the way I was laughing in that theater, my mom was just laughing with me, and she's like, "Man, I love that he loves this guy." So then, mask came out. We saw that opening weekend. Uh, dumb and Dumber, I actually got to see opening weekend. And it's been like that with, I, I remember Ace Ventura, When Nature Called, I was there the very opening night, that Friday night that it came out before your midnight releases, before, you know, it was eight o'clock, you had to make the fricking line <laughs> to watch the fricking movie. Um, but I was there opening weekend, cable guy, so on and so forth. And the rest is history, you know? But, I wasn't uh, there was, for was
0: opening night of any of these movies. <laughs>
1: yes, you were not born,
0: sir. No, <laughs> <laughs> Where were you born? 97. Oh, so liar, liar. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> seen lying, liar, liar. 97, <laughs> I, think, I think I was watching Teletubbies at that point, which you know is a bad part now to look back at. <laughs> um, yeah. so that kind of brings up how Jim Carrey was like the, the movie star. Like, it's hard, we don't have that anymore if you think about it. Um, people like to throw out Tom Cruise and Dwayne Johnson and Leonardo DiCaprio. I think that's really. Yeah, I don't even think Dwayne Johnson's the draw anymore at this point. The Rock, uh,
1: but it's more. He puts, he puts butts in seats, man. He definitely does. Does he though? I mean, I, I think mean- he does, man. I think. I mean, again, like you know, with the French franchise, it made money. Obviously, when he was when he was uh with Fast Five. Fast Five is the first one that started making those billion dollars. You know. It was like
0: 2011 um, though or 12, like it was a. Wild.
1: No, I, no, I yeah. get that, I get that, but I'm I'm just saying. And then you, uh, what that skyscraper movie, which I still haven't seen. Um, but that that movie that movie made uh, that movie made money. Jumanji, you know, it was obvious. It obviously, you know, it's a uh, a known. Uh, I don't want to say franchise, but it was a beloved film, you know. And after the passing of Robin Williams, a lot of people were shitting on that movie. I remember uh and then people ended up watching it and had fun with it i was one of them i actually had fun uh watching jumanji
2: i had my yeah. issues with it but overall it was, I, it think was a fun film. I think a lot of times it's nowadays it's more the franchise and then a star can add something to a franchise because certainly the rock is known as franchise viagra because he can take a property that's successful somewhat and then he'll elevate it to another level but when you talk about jim carrey He's he was doing movies that we really didn't even know what the hell the premise was. We're going to see it because Jim Carrey is in something. That's why people were a little turned off when he was in the Cable Guy, because we all went to Cable Guy thinking, oh, it's going to be silly, dumb and dumber Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey installing cable. And it's like that old South Park joke of Rob Schneider's a carrot. It just you could put him in anything. And we would go see it, and then cable yeah. guy was was a dark turn. And I remember even some of my friends went to go see Man on the Moon, not knowing that he was it was the Annie Kaufman story. They just thought it was Jim Carrey being a, a crazy cut up, and they left halfway through, like, what the hell is this? And they just didn't understand what it was. And so, if you have like a comedy now, it's usually based on the premise. It's, it's super bad it was sold not on the stars, but because. It was these kids trying to get beer for a party with a fake yeah. ID or uh, wedding crashers. It's just a great premise more so than like, we're going to see this one individual star. And I think it's funny
0: enough that Jim Carrey might still have that today. Um, just this year, Sonic the Hedgehog came out and you might think, Oh, Sonic, it's this big franchise, but it's really, it never had a movie before. And I think that conversation leading up to it was a lot. Jim Carrey's doing it again. He's doing yep. the Jim Carrey thing again, and you go and see that. And it's kind of a return to form to him. I don't know if he you was, – He was, kind of was fantastic,
1: it. man. He was absolutely yeah. fantastic. Um, he actually um, – I saw it last night after Dumb and Dumber. Because, yeah, the kids. So the kids were – they stayed over. And uh, after after I was watching Dumb and Dumber, they're like, is that Robotnik? And I was like, yeah. They're like, can we watch Sonic? I'm like, of course we can. For the freaking <laughs> 90th time, yes, we can watch Sonic. But um, it's funny. Uh, Kyle and I actually interviewed um, Ben Schwartz off that film, and uh, he he was he was fantastic. Uh, and one of my questions to him was, "How did it feel working with 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 Jim Carrey?" And he was like, "I grew up watching him as well, so imagine it was working with a role
2: model, you know." Yeah, and sure. what, Jim Carrey like, made me feel like a kid again. Like when when I saw Sonic, it was it was I only wanted to see Sonic because Jim Carrey looked like it was the old school Jim Carrey. And it was, it was, it was the the guy, the guy still has it. He still got the fastball and it was just, it it was really wonderful to watch.
0: Shift and focus here a little bit. Let's get to the other side of the coin and that's Jeff Daniels. Uh, So I have some interesting details we'll get to when I, when we get to that segment, but I mean, Jeff Daniels, he's not the first guy you would have thought of to put in for dumb and dumber, which that's another, actually let's do this right now. Casting what ifs, this is one of my favorite segments we do in the show. Um, Steve Martin, Martin Short turned down these roles, which I thought that would have been absolutely very interesting. A completely different movie, I feel. I (laughs) think a lot of these are different. Yeah. Um, Also have the first choices right here. Nicolas Cage and Gary Oldman. In 1994, Cage and Oldman as Harry and Lloyd. I don't know how that movie goes. I think I think Gary Oldman could have done this because Gary Oldman in The Professional, I think that character just a little dumber would have uh, worked in this film. Nicholas Cage, yeah. I think, it would be a little too ridiculous. And that's the thing about Dumb and Dumber is it's ridiculous, but it walks the line of being way over the top. Uh, that you don't, it doesn't lose itself halfway through. So I think, uh, I think Gary Oldman actually would have been pretty good in this. Um, who well, else? Gary Oldman's
1: say? great in anything. That's true. <laughs> that's that's a fair point.
0: Uh, I also got, okay, this one doesn't hold up well, but Mel Gibson was supposed to be uh, Mary's husband as a cameo at the end of the film, which that would have been a little, a little problematic looking back at it, but a good thing he didn't go into that. Rob yeah. Lowe was in contention for this film uh, at one point, but never got the part, which that makes sense. 90s Rob Lowe was pretty huge then. And then yeah. here's one that you guys are like, Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers were both considered for the role of Lloyd.
2: Yeah, really? I can see that. I I can see Mike Myers doing the goofiness of Lloyd, yeah. like the childlike quality of Lloyd, and I can see Eddie Murphy being uh, hilarious as anything. I mean, I, Eddie Murphy's. It, it's either him or Jim Carrey for my favorite comedic actor of all time, and I think Eddie could have pulled that role off. It, it would have been different because Eddie Eddie really never goes like straight as stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, that the Jim Carrey can go. He can go like dull with Bowfinger. But if you're giving me any of those movies to go see, the one I'm most interested in is the one with Gary Oldman and Nicolas Cage, because I think that they would do very well with it. I think any of these people were mentioning what would have been fine. But the Nicolas Cage, Gary Oldman, that's a weird alternate universe to wake up to.
0: I got one more or two more to throw in there for Harry. Chris Elliott and Chris Farley were briefly considered for Harry. So, could you imagine, like a Eddie Murphy, Chris Farley, or a Gary Oldman, Chris Farley? It's, it's a completely different movie. But I think we kind of got the right formula with both Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey in this.
2: Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, Farley would have been magnificent as yeah. Harry, and yeah. I think mean, Chris Elliott would have too. Chris Elliott is hysterical. I mean, if if you only know Chris Elliott from Schitt's Creek, he's great in that. But he's just he's been a powerhouse making appearances and whatever for a long time. And he always delivers
1: Oh, and the Fairleys love him. He was in something about Mary and he, mm-hmm. he, he was woogie, bro. He was awesome, <laughs>
2: you
1: know, <laughs> but um, I was going to say, uh, it's crazy that you mentioned Farley being, being uh, considered for this role. Farley was actually considered, I was watching uh, the, oh, well you were on the show on uh, lights out with David Spade. The, uh, the Jim Carrey episode when they were promoting Sonic, and they mentioned Farley actually getting a uh, talking about being in the cable guy. So they were considering Farley to get a cable guy, and then Farley wanted to wanted to do the uh, the movie. And then uh, Ben Stiller was like, "Well, we got Jim Carrey, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know." And then they ended up doing Black Sheep right after that. So Jim Carrey made a joke with Spade, saying that you know had. Had uh, had he taken Cable Guy, it would have been with you with Tommy Boy, and that, that you know that movie itself would have been something completely different and amazing. Um, so it's crazy that that they had considered him for Dumb and Dumber as well.
0: Yeah, I think it was just that time in the '90s when all the best comedians were being considered for every single comedy. We're gonna have Chris Farley, we're gonna have Jim Carrey, we're gonna have Eddie Murphy, Mike Myers. Everyone's just gonna be in contention, and whoever wants to do it first can do it. And that's how it kind of feels like with the '90s nowadays. I mean, who are our big comedic actors right now? I don't really know if them. Jason Bateman you could throw in there. Will Ferrell's still trying, but I don't think he's hitting as well as he used to. Um, Seth Rogen, I think he had his era and might still be hanging around, but that's really it. I don't know if you guys can think of anybody.
2: Um, I, it, there's nobody that comes up to the level, in my opinion, of, of what Jim Carrey or Eddie Murphy – uh, were um, I think that y- you still have to give a nod to Adam Sandler just for sticking around as long as he has, and still whether we think the quality of the movies is as good as they used to be when he was starting to make them, but he he still puts butts in seats, or more accurately, he puts a hand on the remote to go yeah, watch. Yeah, so Netflix. Believe- yeah, he's he- he's he's up there, and and I think Melissa McCarthy is a big draw too yeah. when she's in a comedy. She's somebody that would line up to watch. Um, do really whatever. I'm a big fan of, of hers and Kristen Wiig. And a, a lot of the, the the recent females that we've seen on SNL have made a great transition into doing other things. Like Leslie Jones is somebody that she's going to be in a movie soon that's going to hit big. I just, that's, that, that, that's a fact.
1: Time out. There's the time out. Quick Quick
2: number one. <laughs> I, I honestly, and no, I was going <laughs> to ask you, because you
1: mentioned the, literally the female Ghostbusters cast. Uh, how did you feel yeah. about that?
2: I, I liked the female Ghostbusters. I, I don't oh, yeah. think it was it was as good as the original, obviously. You can't touch that one. But I think it was on par with a lot of other comedies I've seen recently. And it was, it, it was one of those ones where I just wish that everybody... I'm very spoiled because I've had the training of seeing hundreds of movies in a theater with my history with Schmoes, is that I know how to put the blinders on to all the outside noise and what yeah. people are saying or what trolls are saying on social media about stuff and just focus on the movie. And yeah. I wish everybody had that going into that movie and just blocked out all the you know unnecessary bs and just focused on watching the movie because it wasn't great but it was, it was a fun ride for me i i agree
1: I, ha- I had a lot of laughs watching that movie i actually enjoyed myself um i ended up laughing more than i thought the only hate that i had prior to that because again uh, for the website that we uh write and do this show for we, we we've been privileged enough to see movies very early you know and uh ghostbusters being one of them the only hate that i got was you know obviously when the youtube you know uh trailer dropped and everybody was just hating on it um besides that i didn't hear any negative reviews so when i got out i'm like oh i think this people's going to sh- this movie's going to shut up a lot of people uh, i think it has something to prove uh not something to prove but i feel like it has something like like hey we're here to stay type shit you know um unfortunately it didn't um, I had a lot of fun with it. I and me Kyle and I actually Kyle you you like it as well, right? You have no problem with that film,
0: right? No, I, I funny enough I find Chris Hemsworth to be the funniest part of that movie. Uh yeah. it just it, him being stupid in it. That's kind of what launched his comedy uh, part of his career was this Ghostbusters. Um see so yeah, I I did enjoy the female Ghostbusters reboot. I enjoyed the female Ocean's 8 reboot, like we just talked about last week. I think them taking these females and putting them in uh these mo- uh, formerly male franchises have been successful in my opinion, but the internet's going to argue and complain no matter what. So that's what it is. Let's get back to dumb and dumber. We were talking about Jeff Daniels real quick. His career has been a very interesting one. He's been like the like the seventh or sixth man off the bench. Coming, if you want to relate this yeah. to basketball, like he's always that really good role player that you can rely on in every single film. So something that comes to mind right away is like The Martian. I think he was you know fantastic in The Martian as the director of NASA and just throughout his career, he's been that role player who has come in you know been lights out. Something like um, Steve Jobs, the or Jobs, I guess they call it Jobs. Job. Yeah. I think that might be his best performance, but his career has been very interesting. I know how you guys feel about it. Jader. I'll start with you here. Like, how do you see Jeff Daniels in this film compared to like the rest of his career?
1: Well, uh, obviously, I I don't. Speed came out in '93. I want to say so. I saw him in Speed before I saw Dumb and Dumber, and, and Speed was Speed was early '94. Oh, '94 then. 94 then. Okay, yeah, but I, I remember seeing. Yeah. I remember seeing Speed in theater and I thought uh, he was a David Coulier. I'm not going to lie. I thought he was Uncle Joey. So as a kid, I was like, man, Uncle!" they blew up Uncle Joey the whole time. I'm like, this is crazy. And then I saw him and I always thought Dave Coulier and and uh, uh, Jeff Daniels looked the same. I apologize, Mr. Daniels, if you're watching <laughs> this show. <laughs> but, um, but his career, yeah, I feel like his career uh, has been up and down obviously one of my favorite things um because yeah it, it definitely was because i remember seeing speed before dumb and number for sure um anywho uh having having uh jeff daniels like seeing his career where the one thing that actually does stand out for me with jeff daniels is uh the newsroom a lot of people didn't watch that show it's an hbo show and i think he was so fantastic at it uh but if we're, we're talking films he was in this movie the lookout with uh, joseph gordon levitt which i actually put on we do a top 10 of different films and i put him under my heist films uh that film at least because i i think he was great in it um the martian he was fantastic he was in trader he was in state of play uh looper He's in a bunch of films. Oh, I um, forgot about Looper. Yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Slow down. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> guy, you got release date wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I fucked up. I thought it was 93. It was 94.
2: Um, He's just hey, such a really? reliable actor. Like, like, anytime he's in anything, you know he's going to deliver a great performance. And I, I don't know when I first became conscious of who Jeff Daniels was. I knew who he was going into Dumb and Dumber, and I'm not sure if it was, like, just seeing an ad for something like – uh, the butcher's wife or he had a, an, a, he hosted SNL when Farley was on it and they did a, the Chris Farley show sketch. And maybe that's, that's where I first knew him, but it's funny that you bring up speed because I think I saw speed like the day after I saw dumb and dumber because I had rented oh, wow. speed and because um, it was out of video update by then. So I think I saw Dumb and Dumber, then Jeff Daniels, very different. He can do a role like Speed in his sleep and be great at it. And he's yeah. obviously a great, accomplished, dramatic actor. And on Broadway, he apparently crushed it as Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, but uh, wow. this role that he's in, in Dumb and Dumber, I cannot overstate how unreal great Jeff Daniels is in this movie, to be as funny as he is. Because when you look at this on paper, you're like, okay, Jim Carrey's going to be... The, the funny one and Jeff Daniels is gonna be the straight man. They're both the funny one. And for Jeff Daniels to see the year that Jim Carrey had just had, and to just go toe to toe. Toe to toe, exactly. Just as funny as Jim Carrey in 1994 is one of the greatest things you could say about a performance in the history of talking pictures. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, I don't
1: yeah. feel like they without, without Jeff, I'm sorry, without, Without Jeff they were mean, no they couldn't do that movie uh separate. Mm-hmm. I'm saying like that movie was made it uh J- Jeff Daniels was there just like Jim Carrey was there, and they were going toe to toe. And it's crazy because I'm like, who has the better lines? And if you look at one and you look at the other, they're literally just right there. They're there they're going at it, going at it, going at it. There's a scene where Jim Jim Carrey is cracking you up, and then the, the next scene it's Jeff Daniels doing his thing. It's it's an incredible thing. Um, Let's hop into the categories and let's start
0: talking about it. Jader, you're just mentioning scenes. Let's do best scene. Uh, This is just your most rewatchable favorite scene in the film. Uh, I'll, I'll go right away. The whole Jim Carrey dream sequence to me, is just very funny. I, I don't, I don't know what is about it. It's just this movie's ridiculous, and then it's like, now let's see how this dumb guy's thinking inside of his head. And just when he's inside the restaurant, and then the martial arts guy comes out, and he's beating up the waiter, and between the crotch, it's funny. It's just like it's when they take it to another level. So that's the scene I go back to the most. Mark, what's your favorite scene in this film?
2: It is so hard to lock down one scene. Yeah. that is my favorite one that just strikes me as funny on this particular day is when him and harry get the idea as a gag to put hot peppers in the burger and then ends up killing him. And the way that they're laughing at him when he's on the ground the way that Jim Carrey takes <laughs> his right at his face is just great. It's probably a tie between that one and when they're first in the apartment, and we get to see the dramatic chops that Jim Carrey and Jeff Danos have too briefly when they're talking about how they're t- they're sick and tired of being a nobody. That scene is great, and it actually is a little emotional, but it also has huge laughs in it. Jada. Yeah. Again, it's it.
1: I just love so many scenes in this movie. Again, I can probably, if you put it on play right now, I can go word for word with this film. Um, I One of the thing, okay, so when they're hitting the road trip, first time ever, right after the scene that Mark just said, that they, they're hitting there, the song starts, everything's happy, he's doing the whole running thing, and he goes, I, I feel like I'm running at an incredible speed. And then when he tells him the whole, hey, I got a few extra bucks. He's like, where'd you go? He goes, oh, I sold some stuff. And he said, you sold my dead bird to a blind kid? <laughs> like that for me, kills me every freaking. He's like, I took care of it. And you know, you had that 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 scene. Um, you know, the, uh, when they're reading the map, just little one-liners that they say in this film. Um, and I feel like We'll get to the lines the in a second. You, yeah, but. the more you watch it, I know. The more you watch it, though. I mean, again, uh, the scene where he's like, "Oh, you know," he's like, "According to the map, we've only got about two inches." That kills me every time that that, that, <laughs> that, that, that plays. The scene where they're talking about Freda Felcher in the hot tub, which Mac, uh, I mean, Mark has in the background. There you go, that that <laughs> background right there. And he's like, I don't know. She came in with some uh, stuff. Talked to, uh, told me I would. Uh, i'm crushing the line right now um mentioning stuff that i wasn't listening i don't know i was paying attention to her like little things like that that just you know just it 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 gets to me but the scene for me that always gets me is the date between uh jeff daniels and mary well with with harry and mary so the whole tongue thing his eye his tongue getting stuck and then when she's trying to be all cutesy with him, they building the snowman, you know, he doesn't know how he does the incorrect snowman. Like I had to tell my kids, I'm like, oh, he was silly. He put it in the bottom instead of the top. He's never built a snowman before in his life. Cause the kids were watching the movie with me last night. Couldn't explain to me what the carrot and the two, you know, two eyes were really representing. And then when he uh, grabs, like when she's being playful with him and she like throws the snow at him and he's like, what the hell? And he just, <laughs> just goes off on her. That scene kills me every time, but that date scene for me, it's incredible from the very beginning, actually, from the from that moment, Jim Carrey walking into the bar, uh, the uh, undercover cop trying to talk to him, him making the faces to the end of the date where he does the, that that, you know, the, the gagging because he feels betrayed by his best friend. That whole scene for me is just it's fantastic. That's great work.
0: It's funny you bring up the um the blind kid scene where he sold his dead bird to the blind kid. I just read online that Roger Ebert when he saw this film in uh, at a press screening in 94, that's the scene that made him laugh out loud the most. That like that, that people remember to include that in these details. Like I hey, Roger Ebert really loved the blind kid dead bird scene. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Um Yeah, dude. Let's move on best line. Uh there's so many. Like we're going to we're going to hit so we're probably gonna go over so many right now, Jader. Let's start with you, man. Uh, you said you have so many favorite
1: lines in this. Which one's your best favorite line? Oh my god, dude! There are so many. I couldn't. Eat, I I know this question was coming, and I couldn't <laughs> pick one. I really couldn't pick one because it's, it's just this movie. I mean, we'll we'll get to that later. But kudos, we haven't talked about the directors, man. And uh, the Fairley Brothers really, really, really did it here. In my opinion, and um, I mean, we'll we'll get to them in a bit, but the whole—I don't know, man.
2: I, I I don't know. Go on, <laughs> Mark. I promise you, I'll get you one. So uh, I'm gonna pick the, the. There's two that I quote often for whatever reason, um, and you could just as your line, you could just take the the most annoying sound in the world, which is way up there, me. <laughs> <right>? but. <laughs> I love this. It's not one of the more memorable ones, but it's when he's drinking at the bar and he's trying to still rationalize why Mary is so late meeting him. And he just says, you know, girls, when they get excited about something, something. everything's got to be perfect. perfect. (laughs) It's that. And then right after that is when he realizes, oh, maybe I had a.m. p.m. wrong. And he's walking out and he sees the the newspaper clip and he says, we landed on the moon. moon. Yeah. So I will take we landed on the moon is my favorite.
0: That was one of my two, in case you guys took it. My favorite one, actually, though. <laughs> this yeah. one got me so hard last night. It was Rocky Mountains Ain't So Rocky. Yeah, that John Denver's, yeah, Denver's
1: full shit. of shit, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was, that was the one time when I was really out loud laughing, like, hey, shut up, Kyle. <laughs> oh, loud. no,
1: man. Oh, dude, it was so funny. Uh, the French are assholes. That's- Every time they mistake Aspen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. It's just there's. I'm telling you, this is one. Of, it's such a quotable film. Yeah, yeah. Kudos to the writing. Um, again, the the I gave you gave my you gave uh, the Sebas Sebas is another fucking great. Uh, we'll okay, when, we'll yeah, no, 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 for sure. But the whole when um when he tosses the salt and all of a sudden he snitches him out so fast. <laughs> that whole thing. Oh my God, dude. I don't know, man. There, again, there's just so many. There's so many. I can quote this movie back and forth, man. Butcher, but I'll do it. <laughs>
0: um,
1: let's move on. Then let's do the
0: Mahershala Ali award for best sharpshooter. So the role player in this film who only has a couple scenes, but leaves a huge impact when they're in there. I went with Joe, um, Mike Starr as Joe. Uh, at the beginning, I didn't like the two Joe and uh, his partner. I didn't like them that much. I thought they were really Karen ridiculous. Duffy. And yeah, Karen Duffy. I didn't. I didn't really need them in the one. I thought they were ridiculous. But then it gets to the scene Mark brought up when they poison the burger and they, they knock him out. And it's like, okay, I actually kind of like Joe. You know, Jim. Not King's if Street you man. count that gurgling
1: sound. Love that line <laughs> when he's <you> talking about <laughs> Not if you count the gurgling sound. Love that line. That's another one.
0: I, yeah, so I think I, I go Joe here. I'm not – because I, I don't think this movie is really about the role players. It's about the two, and there's not really too many to pick from for the rest of these uh, award categories that we're going to go through. But for me, I think Joe is the one who stood out the most for Herschel Ali Award. So, Mark, who do you got here for this?
2: Well, the, the undercover agent who Jeff Daniels is kind of sort of trying to flirt with at the gas station, <laughs> she's great, and, and she – Manages to play a role that just requires her to be straight, but you still get to see like an actual personality, which is like a really tough thing to do. But I gotta go with my bud, um, who I see doing stand-up sometimes, and he's one of the, the sweetest, nicest guys, and also one of the funniest guys you okay. ever met. He's only know. a 14, but Harlan Williams, when he pulls him over, and just the way that you've been you've been sucking back on grandpa's <laughs> <cough> medicine. Too <laughs> so good. <laughs> they yeah, have
0: dude.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: dude. That that okay, so what Mark eye to eye, that was mine, uh State Trooper, man. He was uh Harlan Williams. I actually got to see him perform uh at the improv last year.
2: Um he was great. Uh, in the he had a joke where uh, I, I don't know if he still does it, but it, he just had one that just killed me. He said, A rhinoceros is a white trash unicorn, and that just always, always,
1: <laughs> oh, no, 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 he didn't do that. Actually, he played off the crowd the whole thing. He, I don't even yeah. think he had, he just went in there and he was just picking on the crowd the whole time. Mm-hmm. And we were in the front row, so he was going at me and Steph the whole time. It was fun. He's great, yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. Um, but yeah, that was my pick as well. Uh, it was between him and CBaz. Uh, c nice. bass was great but for me the uh C ne- that C scene never made me laugh as hard as the state trooper scene for me because that it was like uh it's cardigan thanks for noticing the pullover scene e- everything about that just makes me laugh so hard <laughs> so for me it's it's uh it's Harlan Williams as well
0: see it's funny because now we move on to the bill Murray award for best cameo, oh, cameo for you're right award.
1: God damn it.
0: That was, that was my best. Seabass for me. Seabass is the best cameo. He's in two scenes in this film and he is, he's such a presence. Um, I know it's such an easy camera trick, but when the Fairly brothers just have the cameras pointed up at Seabass, so you could see how large he is. And this is already a large man in general. It's just this ominous figure. So I think like, to me, that guy comes in and just, he, he you know, if you want to, like relate him to a basketball player he, you know he comes off the bench and hits like three threes in 6 minutes you know and then he he's gone and you're like all right you know you did your job so yeah. i go with bass in this i it's a, also a funny name bass. like how do you get that name that's something we can dive into one day <laughs>
1: but like seabass Seabass. That's, that's what I call my little nephew. That's why his name's Sebastian. I call him Seabass. So <laughs> he
0: just put a fork in that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy.
1: Yeah. Mark, who's your Gary? or your Bill Murray
0: Award?
2: My Bill Murray Award is going to go to another very funny comedic actor who is always note perfect in everything that he does. Again, one quick scene. Um, let me ask you guys a question. Have you ever heard of the concept of other people? Uh, Me being that, Fred Stoller, when he is in the phone booth or he's waiting for the phone booth, (laughs) he gets punched out. Just Fred Stoller is off the phone. (laughs) It is literally perfect.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know what? He probably wins that award. That was probably the right choice. I almost went with uh, the Twitching Cop, like you guys mentioned before, but. That, I think that's
1: probably the right choice there. All right, Jader, you wanna you wanna say this next one? Well, it was Seabass. Seabass for me. That was that was the, uh, the even though it should have been vice versa. To be honest with you, because Seabass was in more films than than Harlan Williams for me. That's true. Um, But it, it's just I, I don't know. Those are the two picks that I that I had, man. So.
0: All right. So, yeah. Here we go. Next award: the Gary Oldman. Everyone award for best overact for both overacting uh i i give it to cara duffy here um because she's just she she's like way over the top in this film she's got this hardcore new york accent and you can feel you can tell that she's not new york she's actually putting that accent in there and it's not working too much and every time she was on screen she made me laugh because not because she was trying to be funny but because the accent was so ridiculous so i go with uh, cara duffy here
2: it's hard uh, to not go uh, to as as I knew her as Duff because she was an MTV VJ back in the 90s. And it's like, you know, it would be either her or somebody else introducing all the new music videos and stuff. And she was great on MTV. And it's just like, I think she was still getting her feet wet in uh, the world. But you know who else you could give this award to as a compliment is Jim Carrey. Like, yeah. You can- totally give this to either Jim Carrey or Jeff Daniels. So I might just split the award between those two guys because they're overacting their ass off in this movie. It just so happens that everything they're doing is note perfect for what yeah. the movie is going to be. So that my award was to
1: Jim Carrey for that because I mm. felt like, it, you know, especially with that scene that Kyle had mentioned earlier with the uh, dream sequence, when he's going off on the guy, he grabs him, mean, he bites his nuts and all that. that. For me, it's all great. It's overacting, but it was just – perfect it was it's uh again sometimes we get this award to the uh you know to the you know the black sheep of the film like you were in a completely different film but in in this film it just it works um so the overacting definitely i it was to his benefit to both their benefits so i guess you're gonna go jeff daniels if i go uh, jim carrey but yep. both of them dude both <laughs> of them they were just so great in this See, I, I didn't think of them as
0: overacting because I thought they hit it perfectly. I didn't think they were too over the top. I thought if they would have been over the top, this movie kind of would have been not as you know as watchable as it is. Well, but, that's
1: the sequel, I guess. Okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll brief. We'll briefly mention the sequel that I I don't acknowledge whatsoever. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm yeah. cool
2: with the sequel. I'm I'm cool with the sequel. It, it was it was just so nice to see them and occasionally have them make me laugh again that. Uh, that I'll take the sequel. But I, I think that overacting sometimes, usually it, it's not a good thing, but in this, you can look at what's written on the page and you can perform it or you can really just go over the top with it. And even if they're not consistently doing it, they're doing it when they know it's going to make us laugh harder. So, you know, like, like Jim Carrey, it, does, is he overacting when he's, when he's running after the bus at the end? Yes. And yeah. it's hysterical. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's usually, it usually is like we like to say 80% uh, compliment, 20% insult for this award here, but it's still fun.
1: <laughs> uh, let's do right, I have some- right before we get into that, Kyle, let's, uh, we kind of been ignoring the chat, man. I feel terrible. Uh, so we have, like, we're going to go a little bit back. Someone said, uh, That's a lovely New Jersey. Oh, actually, you have their New Jersey. Love that they're quoting, quoting the film. We have somebody that I guess when we were talking about comedies or uh, earlier comedy, somebody shouted out Mel Brooks which is a genius in my opinion as well. Love Mel Brooks films. Um, this one's for you, Mark. It says, Mark, I was at the Houston event and even at the comedy club helping take pictures of you and the fans near the end of your second set. It was great meeting you, bro.
2: Oh, thank you, um, man. Thank you for the thanks for the effort during the show. Glad you that's, enjoyed it. That's actually
0: zombie custom maps. He's on the very next comment too that says top secret is a great comedy. Top and secret is right.
1: great, which, which it is. He's, there's, I detect no lies there. I uh, have Tim uh, that said, I wore out my VHS tape of Ace Ventura. Yes, I am that old. Uh, Ozzy, Ro- uh, Ozzy Rosenberg, shout out to Ozzy. That's my boy. Uh, I remember actually fil- uh, actual filming of uh, Ace Ventura on the beach. Um, and then I guess we were talking about Kyle being young. He's like, damn, Kyle, I graduated in 1997. Uh, I got a shout out, J- Jada Hurricane. <laughs> Uh I love Cable Guy. Uh, he was a great Sonic. Uh, I also did a lot of improv. Eddie Murphy in Trading Places is fantastic. Uh, what else we got? Uh, then,
0: maps again, saying haven't seen this movie yet. But I'm going to watch it tonight.
1: Yes, so, yes, yes. This is the this is the point of this episode, get <laughs> you guys, to see this this gem because it it really is a gem. Uh, nice skis, are they yours? Both of them. That's a great line, Tim. Hell yeah. That is a great line. And then uh, Franklin, uh, can't, she's a major, major uh, schmoldown, uh powerhouse over here. It says, I saw Dumb and Dumber in an advanced screening. It was the best screening I've ever attended. Uh, after a hard day's work, people in work suits cutting, cutting it up. I was laughing so hard. I was rolling in the aisles and peeing my pants. Love you, Jader. Uh, Sequel is underrated. Plenty of good jokes in there from Tim.
0: So, all right. All right. I have some very, thank you to everyone for commenting along. It's been a lot thank of fun you. here. I got some interesting details. Uh, a lot of funny things that happened during the filming of this. Uh, the most annoying sound in the world scene was not in the script. That was completely improvised by Jim Carrey. <laughs> and then they're sitting wow. in the car and the guys in the middle. He's like, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> and Jim Carrey coming up with that. It, just, it works really well. Jim. Um, Something wild is the movie that Lloyd is referring to when he's talking about uh, getting someone else to pay the bill, which is movie the, that Jeff Daniels. Started. Jeff Daniels
1: is in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew
0: Something that. I knew that it was a lot of fun. Uh, oh, Jim Carrey wanted Jeff Daniels to be in this film, but no one else did, which is you know very you know very interesting. So they purposely offered Jeff Daniels fifty thousand dollars to act in this, which you looked at as an insult, but Jeff Daniels took it. Uh, because he wanted to be in this film that badly. He's thinking he, They thought he would decline it. He took it anyways, and the rest is history. On the other side of that, Jim Carrey was offered $700,000 the week that Ace Ventura came out. Mm-hmm. And then Ace Ventura came out, shot it up to $7 million.
1: So uh, yep. Jim Carrey right. hit well, it. Out we there. had another shout-out from Mark. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. It says, is that Mark Guns N' Roses Ellis? And that's uh, John Kaiser.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it, Kaiser. The jungle is right here. Yeah.
0: Uh what else we got here? Okay, I think this one's pretty funny. Clint Eastwood told Jeff Daniels that he lived through the bathroom scene before himself, (laughs) and that he actually got it (laughs) pretty funny. We never talked about the bathroom scene. No, no, I
1: know, I know. And it's one I honestly I thought it was gonna be mentioned like from the get, to be honest with you. That scene, and I told you guys earlier in the episode, had my son rolling yesterday of laughter, where I think. He rewinded it maybe a good, and I'm not exaggerating, maybe a good 10 times where he would just rewind it, crack up, rewind it, crack up. And he was like this. And he looked at me, he goes, daddy, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That scene is so instrumental in the movie because as a kid, like me and my little brother would try, once the movie came out, you know, uh, to rent, we would try to get my family to watch it. And we knew that they were going to look at this as like, oh, these kids don't know what real comedy is and who's oh, this yeah, dude. Yeah. And we knew that if we could just get my mom and my dad, my, my, my grandma, my grandfather, everybody who was watching the movie, if we could just get them to that scene, that they would love the movie. And we did. And it was just one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever had watching a movie with other people that I've seen before, but they've never seen it because I thought they'd love that scene. And just, the sound my dad made watching that movie, it's just like, it, it, <laughs> I just, it just, it's, I, I thought that that movie might've killed him. <laughs> I I can actually echo that. Um, So I'm from
1: uh, Nicaragua, right? That's where my family, I was born and raised here, but that's where my background is from. And my mom during my early years would just every summer just ship me out and just go to Nicaragua for two months. I would do my... My summer there, I would come back literally a week before school. Spend a uh, week here and then go back to school. Uh, what the, that um Dumb and Dumber came out late ninety four, so ninety five. I was uh, that summer of ninety five. I went to uh, I went to Nicaragua, and you know they. I've been obsessed with movies since I was a kid. So every time I would go over there, my poor uncle. Now, like in re- you know in retrospect, thinking, I would always drag him to the video store and I would make him rent like five six films. To like watch over there and they would be uh, they would be dubbed. They'd be English with, you know, Spanish subtitles. And I was going crazy looking for this film. So I remember I was like, oh, it has to be out. I have it at home. I just doesn't have the Spanish subtitles. Uh, But I know I know demo. You're going to like it. And I was doing a literal trans uh, translation of what "Dumb and Dumber," so it's like "estupido y más estupido," like type shit, like stupid and stupid. So I was trying to find that film, and the, every video store was like, "What are you talking about, kid?" Um, finally, we ended up finding it through because they, they one video store had it. I was like, "This is it!" And it's in Spanish. It's trans. It translate. It translates to uh, a pair of two idiots. That's, yeah. what the, uh, that's what the movie is called, A Pair of Two Idiots. So we ended up renting it and the same thing, I ended up putting on my whole family not, uh, in Nicaragua and we ended up watching this film. They were cracking up watching this movie. Um, so it had the same effect to the point where after that, my uncle was like, what other movies has he done? And then we ended up renting Ace Ventura. That whole summer, it was all Jim Carrey films. It's fantastic. So I love that you brought that up because I, I was able to share this story. That was great.
0: Uh we got we got two more here, two more interesting details real quick. John Hughes actually wrote the first draft for this script, uh, which is not something I would have expected for John Hughes to be a guy who make this comedy. But it's uh, it's it's all it's mostly improv here. So you can see why it, pro- it probably wasn't his draft that they used. And then finally, Jim Carrey met his wife on the set of this film. Yeah. So I, I think that, yeah, that's something Holly, he yeah. can hold on to. Uh, all right, let's get to this category, Apex Mountain. The part in this anybody's career where they're at the peak of their powers, where they can do whatever they want. It might be their best performance, might be their most uh, popular movie or most popular
1: year. Who hit their Apex Mountain in this film? Fairly Brothers, for me, at least. This was a fairly Apex Um they had gems don't get me wrong they worked with jim carrey later with uh in me myself and irene which is fantastic they did something about mary but for me nothing has ever topped dumb and dumber for them i feel like this is just uh, again i know that apex doesn't mean necessarily their best but i feel after this they got to do whatever the hell they wanted which they did they just stuck on you um <laughs> but uh but i feel like this is where they they really sh- I'll sh- I'll, not outshine themselves, but they really shined with this film, and I don't think again as great because I love as much as I love this film. Like I, I can uh, literally word for word uh, something about Mary as well, which is fantastic. But I, I don't feel like they that magic that lightning in a bottle. I think this that is what Dumb and Dumber is.
2: Um, at least the Fairlies. I, I think the Farrelly's... I would give them their apex mountain. It would be there's something about Mary. I just feel like because you could just let Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels go forever. And it's not that the cast of there's something about Mary isn't talented because they're great. But I think that that was a little more the Farrelly's hand of guiding the action and setting up scenes for laughs as opposed to just letting these two idiots do whatever they want. And we're going to get something good out of it. But it's very close, I think. Jim Carrey, it's certainly in the discussion for his Apex Mountain. And I'll say Lauren Holly, too. I I think Lauren Holly, not only because it's her most popular movie, but I think she's great in it. I I think that she is somebody that when you see this movie, you believe that these two guys are going to go across the country. You know what their life is like, but you also know that this amazing woman walked into one of their lives and that this is what they would do and it would be worth it in the end. So I'm going to give it to Lauren Holly. I mean, weren't you in love with Lauren Holly at
1: the end of the film? Cause I was the, I, you know, there's something about Mary indeed.
0: <laughs> I, was, I was not, I was not, is she, that's a question we could throw out. Is she a good wife? Um, cause she went on a whole date with, with Harry in this. And she was very flirty with them to the point where I forgot that she had a husband that was, you know, up for ransom. So I'm wondering like, what, did she actually love him? Is she a good wife? I don't know here. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I actually got, I actually got three for Apex mountain here. You guys mentioned two of them. I think the Fairley brothers definitely is someone we can talk about. You could go back and forth with like you said, something about Mary or, you know, we have to bring it up. Green book, green book, won them their Oscar, uh, especially Peter Fairley. So it's something that's a part of their history. I know people are very iffy on that film, but that won them their Oscar. So there's a discussion there. And then Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels, what what is his best movie? I mean, think about it. What is his best acting role? And people might give it to the newsroom, but I feel like that Dumb and Dumber is to the movie that people really remember him for the most,
2: right? I think so. I, yeah. I think that, that that movie is the one that most people have seen. Again, it, it, it's, it's tough to put that performance up against something that he's done in like the Squid and the Whale or something like that is because they're so different. But I think that the achievement of Jeff Daniels in this movie is is its own apex mountain. So I'm not going to necessarily say it's the best Jeff Daniels has ever been. But what he did in this, it's like, you know, it, it would be like Kobe dropping 81. It's like, was that his best game? Well, he scored the most point. I don't know if it was his best game, but it certainly is something that we're going to be talking about for a long time.
0: Yeah. And you get that anniversary of Kobe's 81 every single year the ESPN. They always talk yeah. about it. So when we look back at Jeff Dano's career, like we said before, he's a role player in every single thing he does. But in this film, it feels like he was really one of the driving forces. And then that brings me to Jim Carrey. I think 1994 is his apex mountain. Um, you could say eternal sunshine, the spotless mind, because that is his best performance. But I think this is the peak of, peak of his powers right here like he's not no one's ever gonna have a year like this again unless funny, you know you want to throw out maybe i just thought of i just thought someone off the to top of my head uh florence Pugh had a great year last year with fighting with my family midsommar and little woman not yep. near jim carrey's like, his level but i think that's someone we need to look out for um scarlett johansson had end game and marriage story come, and jojo rabbit all come out and last jojo year. Rabbit, so yeah. That, yeah
1: um when we, when so we review I, uh when we review uh Eternal Sunshine. We'll get Christian
2: on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Probably not. He'll take that bait. If you're with with Eternal Sunshine, he'll take that bait. Okay.
1: Hey, it's worth a shot. It's my birthday again. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, I I agree with you, Kyle. I agree with you. Uh, Jeff Daniels is is one that it's true. Besides his uh, amazing award. Oh my God, Siri just turned on. Sorry, guys get out of here. um but uh besides speed <laughs> i mean does anybody else remember him from anything else and it's well, something- I said
0: jobs i think jobs is something that he's incredible in and uh the Martian i remember him in Martian, but- uh,
1: looper you forgot about him in looper and I, it's one of those you know um yeah. characters that with me it's it sticks with me
0: um, he's got a series coming on Showtime later this year called the Comey Rule, where he's you know part of the Trump administration and all that. So that's gonna be very interesting to see coming up. Um, let's get to the final category though. Who won the movie? I think this is pretty easy for all of us, right?
2: Yeah. Um, oh. I, if I'll, I'll hear y'all's answer and then I'll give my. All go right. Ahead, Kyle.
0: It's Jim Carrey. To me, it's yeah. Jim Carrey. He's the one that we see. We start off the movie with his stupid little grin, and we end the movie with, uh, with you know, him running towards the bus. He, he's just what I remember when I think of this film. Uh, I I think I know where Mark's gonna go on this, but I'm going Jim Carrey on this. Jader, are, are you saying the same thing?
1: Same, same thing for me. Um, again, I went to go see this movie because of this man, and the reason why. Again, this not I don't and I don't take anything away from Jeff Daniels because, like I said earlier, he he went toe to toe. He really did go toe to toe with this man, Uh, which again, it's that he was just established that same year, you know. So let's say like no one saw Ace Ventura, no one saw the mask, but they went to go see. They're like, oh, what that like again? Like my uncle in Nicaragua, he was like, what else did this man do? And I showed him Ace Ventura and I showed him the mask, you know. but for me, it was it was it, it, Jim Carrey was the reason why I went in there, and it's still again you know twenty something years later, almost thirty years later, uh, this movie still has a direct direct line to my funny bone. Watching it last night, um, I didn't need to see this film. I really didn't. Like I've seen this movie so many times where I'm like I can review this again like without without watching it. But I wanted to, and it it happens again and again where I'll still crack up on the same same time, uh, same places. I recite the lines, the whole nine. Um, but Jim Carrey for me is that character. I feel like he just he you know he he brought it to a hundred while Jeff Daniels was like at a ninety nine. <laughs> you know he was right there with him. But my my answer for me is it is
2: Jim Carrey. You know, fellas, when you get to be my age, sometimes (laughs) when you lose, you really win, and when you win, you really lose. And I think that Jim Carrey was such a dominant force in 1994 that anybody being in a movie with him, like, yeah, Cameron Diaz was in The Mask. Great. And Courtney Cox was in Ace Ventura. Awesome. But for Jeff Daniels to enter that movie at that time in Jim Carrey's career and where Jeff Daniels was in his career, and the fact that we're both talking about them equally, it's it's a tie. And for Jim Carrey to have a tie, it means you didn't lose. For Jeff Daniels to have a tie means that he went toe-to-toe with the champ. And even if you think Jeff Daniels it wasn't quite as good as Jim Carrey in that movie, it's like Rocky. Because Apollo Creed at the end of Rocky wins the match. He wins the boxing match. But Rocky was the true winner because he went toe-to-toe with the champ. And so I'm going to give it to Jeff Daniels.
0: It's a great argument there. Right? No, you can't really absolutely. go back at it because it, he's right. J- Jim Carrey's one of these unbeatable figures when we think about it. And for someone to be right at his level, yeah, yeah it, it is a win. That's a win right there. So I go with that. I got two trivia questions for you guys here, like a three and a five-pointer if you guys want to answer them, all right? Okay. Ready? What is the name of the pet company that they're trying to form?
2: Uh, I got it. Okay. All right, let's go – Go ahead, Jader. You Martin want to say it at the same time? All right, one, Here, two. I'll three. give you a countdown. Okay, three, two, one. I got Martin one. cuts. No, wait.
1: Which one? Mark got it. Oh my god! I thought you said
2: the the sheepdog. I'm sorry. I got worms. Dude, no, I got while it. you were saying your answer, as I got worms was coming out of my mouth, I'm like, wait a minute. Am I wrong? And I'm like, no, 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 wait. No, no, he no, no, said, no, 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 He asked. You're, what
1: right, you're, right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're oh, right. You're right. I got worms. It, it is. Actually, That's what I'm going to call it. I got worms. You know, we're talking it's about farm. Worm. Worm. You mean an no, answer? It, it's, it's actually
0: worm farm. We, we have worms is the actual answer. So we're close here, but we have worms is the actual answer. Wait, when? When did they say we got worms? It's um when he's talking to the limo driver or when he's the limo driver. Well, she's talk, when
1: he's talking to when he's talking to uh, when he's talking to Mary. Yeah. No, no. He, he he says, I got worms. I got worms. Isn't it?
0: Did I hear it wrong? OK. Yeah. You probably did, sir. That's a challenge yeah. right there. All right.
2: <laughs> um, okay, finally, here, because because I got that one right. We'll, time, time out. Time out. Time, out, time,
1: out, time, out, time out. Sorry. I just got I don't know if you saw. You don't know. But, um, Right here in the chat. Maria. Tasha. Uh, Traveso. Traves- Traves- that is my mom, not my actual mom, but my best friend's mom that he passed away and that is, he's dear to my heart. And she just wrote, I love Jim Carrey, he is the best. And I know her, well, her son, my my best friend, him and I grew up watching Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Dumb and Dumber was his favorite movie as well. So every time I watch this film, it's, it's, it's dear to the heart because uh, I miss my buddy. So I love that she's watching this show right now. Mom, if you're watching this, I love you. Hi,
2: Maria. I love you too, even though I haven't known you quite as long. Thank you for chiming into the chat. And uh, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, so we're going to say that's my three pointer and I got it right. So now I'm beating Jader by three. So I'm going to, Jader, you can feel this, this next question. If you get it, you beat me. If you missed it, let me have a chance to answer it. If you don't know it. All right, cool. You ready? I'm
0: going to get the film. When we first see Jeff Daniels, there's a dog in his car. What is the name of that dog?
1: Jesus Christ, dude.
0: This is the five-pointer right here.
1: Wow, dude. Um, no sniffing, no sniffing, high Five, four. JT, bitch. Three, uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the
0: movie. <laughs> There's a dog in Jeff Daniels' car. What is the name of that dog?
2: Uh, I don't think I'm going to get it either smooches bro i nope. don't know rascal rascal ah, oh,
0: rascal um final thoughts on this film guys dumb and dumber uh let's start with you mark
2: it's a landmark piece of comedy and it will live on as a monument to why we love going to the movies to laugh jim carrey in 1994 was a Comedic force, unlike anything we'd ever seen. Jeff Daniels matched him, went toe-to-toe with him. So it's an achievement from somebody who loves making people laugh to watch how great they are at it in that movie. And the film is the rarest of comedies where it can transcend generations and not be a time capsule movie. It's not, oh, well, you had to be around in that time, or, oh, well, they are talking to you, so you had to... This movie is going to be talked about for generations to come long after I'm gone and long after the world has been nuked and it has been rebuilt back up in the book of Eli that survives the apocalypse. (laughs) One of the great movies of all time that will be mentioned in that tome is dumb and dumber. And I fully champion that cause. Agreed. And, and again, I go back to saying last night
1: where I showed it to my son very cautiously (laughs) because I don't know if it's just me because I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up with any restrictions. I've said this on the show a million times. Where the first movie I ever saw in theater was *Lethal, Lethal Weapon* three. Uh, my mom gave zero fucks about me. I saw *Terminator* two in theater, and you, you know, I was, I was a young buck when I saw these. My mom just never cared um, if they had any uh, nudity or anything sexual. You know, she probably covered my eyes, but other than that, violence was a go. Uh, yesterday with my son, seeing him laugh the way that he did, uh, must've felt how my mom felt with me when I saw the movie in the theater where she was, I, where I was cracking up and she was laughing with me, even though she probably thought some of the things that were happening were a little crude for an eight year old. Um, but my son, again, turning nine next week, he was eight when I showed him the film. He, I know, and I promise you guys, and I'll probably text you to let you know. That I'm probably going to be watching Dumb and Dumber again tonight because he saw it last night and today. As soon as because he went to the beach with his grandparents today, um, as soon as he got home, we had to go and and get the haircut. But he was like, "Dad, I want to see that movie again." That was the first thing he told me. So and then he told his mom that he saw the movie, and she texted me like, "All right, should he be watching this?" And I was like, "Ah, relax, you know." But it's it's for me, it is it it's a timeless film. Um, I always get a little freaked out—not uh, freaked out, but I feel like again, and we we kind of touched on this subject really quickly with um, you know Judd Apatow, and I don't you know disregard his films whatsoever. I think he, he's great. I think Seth Rogen's great. Jonah Hill's great. That whole Apatow camp comedy is locked down for me. I think the forty-year-old version is one of the funniest movies I've seen in a very long time. I absolutely, I think that's, and again, we're gonna have an Apatow episode, spoiler alert, I think 40-Year-Old Virgin is his best. Um, But I feel like, you know, within time and decades, you know, comedies, you know, they they tend to be something different. Mark, you mentioned Superbad. I thought Superbad when I saw it in the theater was one of the funniest i've seen since i had seen dumb and dumber because i had never laughed in the theater as hard as i did watching super bad for the first i felt like i was a spokesperson for that movie when it came out because I, I saw it opening night and then that weekend i was telling my boss and you know all my co-workers at the time like go watch this film you got to do this you got to do that like this movie is fucking hilarious um dumb and dumber to this day just again has a direct line to my funny bone it it's Fantastic! I love it. Um, I encourage you, if you have not seen this movie, to please, you know, take an hour and thirty-five minutes because it's a very short film, and it will have you rolling at least, uh, at least, at least, it had me rolling, and you know, two other guys. Um, so I highly recommend this film. I love so, it. So comedies,
0: it's very tough to transcend generations. You have films like A Airplane or Caddyshack or um, even today i think things like forty old virgin like you said and super bad i was thinking about as you both both of you were talking is this a top 5 comedy of all time and it, there's definitely a big discussion if it's not what is so to me uh, this film has just such a big legacy um the fact that we didn't even talk about the sequel uh, is,
1: is something that you know really shows just how uh, if you want to get in there very quick i know mark liked it i I, I didn't, I, I, I tried to, and I wanted to, I didn't see it in the theater because I was, I felt like I was going to get very upset. Um, my buddy, which, uh, which is uh, Tony, which is my, uh, Maria's son uh, passed away that year, the year that movie came out. And again, this was our favorite comedy and we would res- like, he was, I was Lloyd, he was Harry, he was Harry and I was Lloyd, whatever. Um, and I remember that he, when he saw the trailer was like, dude, I, I don't know, I don't know about this, but you know, uh, if we're gonna be there opening weekend, we're gonna be there and we, we couldn't make it to that show. We, we, we couldn't see it. So I held off on of watching it in the theater. Um, I ended up watching it at home I alone, just in case I got a little emotional. Um, but overall, I'm kind of glad he didn't see it. I know, again, I know you liked it and I respect your opinion, but I, I really <laughs> didn't. I, and I don't think he would have either um i can count maybe less than a hand of the times that i laughed the freighter felcher scene with the whole road trip thing where she gives them the uh where she gives them the address of the daughter and they and you see this whole montage of the whole road trip happening again and they pull up to the house and they knock on the door and it's freida's house again and she goes this is the return address like that that, that scene for me was pretty funny and then they had a, they had a, uh, an autism, uh, Asperger's, uh, scene. And again, my son has autism. So the whole Asperger's, there was a Asperger scene there that made me crack up. There was so funny, but other than that, the movie's just, it just didn't click. It didn't have the same beats as the first one for me. Um, and till this day, I have not seen dumb and dumber, which is the prequel. Neither I, I haven't seen that one.
2: Nope.
1: Uh, but uh, I, uh, as soon as I saw, you know, Jeff Daniels and, 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 uh, and Jim Carrey were, were on site, they signed on again. I was all about it. I was hoping that it was going to be great for personal reasons. I couldn't go see it in the theater. Um, so I waited until it came home, but it just didn't have those same beats. And I'm kind of glad that, you know, my, my best friend couldn't see it. But uh, yeah, for me, the sequel didn't just, it didn't work. I don't I don't really acknowledge it. I honestly and not to be a dick or anything. I kind of just I ignore it completely.
2: I'll ignore it. It, it. it made me giggle. I wanted to laugh and I did. And the best memory I have from Dumb and Dumber 2 is uh, is when Christian and I reviewed it at my place afterwards because it's a famous moment in Schmo's history. When I do the most annoying sound in the world to him, and he's not ready for it, so if you all want to go check out the old Schmo's No Review of Dumb and Dumber Two, it's worth your time. Time out, time out. Was it was it Was it the Seminole? Huh? No. Was it? The, oh, you didn't do
1: the Seminole chop because I would have done that with him.
2: Mm-mm. I would
1: have done. Like, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world. I, ah. I would have done that. Go, I, go, I, I, go, watch I, it. I'll, I'll be happy. check it out. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Uh. I think
0: that's a great last word right there. We the show basically ignored the sequel and that's what we want to do. But what, the dumber and dumber was our main film for tonight. And thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, there was a lot of activity in the chat today. Uh, a lot of people were playing along and then Mark also, thank you so much for coming on here. This is both of you guys, a big birthday episode right here. Mark and his Mark uh, back at, on Tuesday. And then Jader's got his coming up on Monday. Thank you again, Mark so much for joining us.
2: Hey, happy to be here with you, fellas, and I know Jader's about to turn uh, the big three, four, and Kyle, I know you're the youngest of us, but you're going to age, too, and I'm just going to remind all y'all out there that old people, while slow and dangerous behind the wheel, can still serve a purpose. purpose.
0: (laughs) That's a great wrap-up. Happy birthday to you. Jader, any last things you want to say, man? Happy birthday to you as well.
1: Honestly, nothing, this could have been, it couldn't have been a greater episode to be completely honest with you guys. Mark, thank you so much. I know you're a fucking busy guy, man. I know you're very busy. Uh, this means the world to me, to be completely honest with you. Uh, favorite comedy, favorite comedian. Um, <laughs> and I'll see you soon, my friend. I know we didn't talk down, but I'm in the
2: tournament, uh, which yes. I gotta study if you hit me with that fucking five pointer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Jader's learning uh, really quick that you can you can text with Mark about stuff, and then when he tries to slide in that schmodown talk, I'm like, "All right, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing." <laughs>
1: <laughs> not at all, not at all, my friend. But uh, honestly, thank you so much for joining the show, man. It means the world to us. We we we've been fans since before we got to meet. Before I was in the shit, uh, we were following your every move. Yeah, uh, this guy's fucking Twitter picture is with you in it. I don't know if he told you that.
0: No, it's been changed. It's been changed. Oh, I changed, changed it?
2: <laughs> yeah, after, after he had me on his show, he's like, I don't need a picture of like, that. Like, yeah, that. guy. That's so, it. Jader, no, I think
0: f- the first time I met you was at Star Wars Celebration in oh. Orlando a couple of years ago. So it was a back, while.
2: The good old days, back when we could actually hang out with each other. Uh, Jader, yeah. you're a credit to the down, and I'm so happy to have you in, in the league. And Kyle, it's been great being on the show, man. And um, thanks again for inviting me. And thanks to everybody in the chat. I see a lot of people saying that either they met me or they almost got to meet me. So Tim, we'll do it next time. You see me and and I'm running around to tackle me. And Maria, thanks for chiming in. And thanks for the birthday wish. See y'all real soon.
0: Classic. Thank you guys again for joining us. We'll see you next time on another episode of the Jader and Kyle show.